Welcome back to Podex. Our guest for today is Ashok Ramachandra. Ashok sir is the CEO of Schindler India, and I'm really excited to have him because we've been planning this podcast for months, and we're finally here doing it. He is someone who inspires me a lot. I've heard his story. I actually came across him by for when he was a guest at Ranveer Alabadia's podcast, and since then I've been following his content. He puts up really great content on Instagram. His YouTube is really amazing, and I think. If anyone wants corporate knowledge, everyone should follow Ashok sir. And Ashok sir, thank you so much for being a part. And yeah, how do you feel being here, sir? Thank you, Ayush. Um, thank you so much for inviting me. I really like your persistence. You know, you were not giving up um, in spite of me trying to, you know, busy uh, with so many things. But I like the patience. I like your persistence. And uh, yeah, well done for uh, for doing things apart from your normal studies and stuff. Thank you, sir. So, but uh, speaking of persistence, don't you think it was uh, in it played a huge role in your life also? Because when you started out, when you were in Australia, you were not at such a high level job, and you were at Shinla at a very uh, you were not so ranked up as high. And then you went to the airport to meet the higher authorities and start trying to communicate, build network, and all. So, what was the role of persistence in your life, sir? Persistence is always probably the single most important reason why success can come, right? Even for normal people, you know. And a lot of people message me today saying that you know I'm 24, I'm aimless, I'm failing so much. And I always say that you don't, you never fail. You're just trying different things, and some things go as per what you expected. and some things don't go as per you expected so it is not failure you know there is what is failure failure is a say what is failure for you could be a pass for me you know maybe in your head like my sister you know she used to think anything less than 95 marks is a fail and i used to be happy if i get 80 so uh, and 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 so to beat that the only way you can do it is by trying again and again so persistence is where you fail fast and you keep trying again Like when I said no, um, you know, I I told you for example, oh let's catch up later. You tried again. Then I said, oh, but I'm busy now. Let's catch up later. You tried again. So, lot of people will give up. Are you know, इसको कितने बार मैसेज करेंगे तो रिप्लाई नहीं करता है तो दे लीव इट. That is where I think persistence is so important. And for me, persistence played a role all through my life, right from my childhood to you know having all those failures in school and then still trying to see whether I can. Complete a professional degree. Um, even in my call center, in fact, I will. This I have not shared anywhere. In fact, the first time I'll be sharing. When I went for my call center interview, also I failed. You know, utna to milna chahiye tha. In fact, uh, I had the group discussion, and they have hundreds of people applying. You know, call centers have hundreds of people applying. They had group discussion. Ten people were sitting and having a group discussion. After the group discussion was over, they said. You, 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 you. You are selected. All of you can go home. And I was one of those people who was asked to go home. And I was like, why did I not even get through a group discussion? You know, because group discussion is about communication skills. So somebody felt I was not even good at communication. And then I came back. I came back to the same interview three months later, and I got selected. So I was persistent. So I would encourage everyone, right? Never think of anything as failure. It is just that it hasn't gone as per your plan. That's all. But sir, for persistence, what do you think goes in one's mind? Because for me, what happens is the reason why I'm persistent is, uh, what happens in my mind is, okay, I'll try once more, I'll try once more, I'll try once more, and then I will achieve it. 
and i see at the bright side i see the golden gates opening in front of me these new opportunities coming into place and i don't i don't see the negative part of it that oh i have to try again and again and a lot of my podcast actually this isn't the first podcast uh some of my podcast also i've had to wait for 6 to 8 months before getting those podcasts and like you, uh some people even said this so one of my podcasts i reached out to a person in 2019 in september and we did the podcast in end of may uh 2020 so that was almost a good 8 or 9 months and for me i was still looking at the same thing that those golden gates opening up looking at these new opportunities and all that stuff so what does happen what happens in your mind sir in my mind i am just getting closer to winning every time i fail i feel that okay chalo i'm just going to be winning now i think i you know luckily i was very mature even when i was younger i never saw any of these failures as hard breaking moments and stuff i didn't even think of them as failures uh, i just thought the thought of it as which okay, are this didn't go as per my what i wanted so what goes in my head is what can i learn and what can i do better to make the next attempt even more achieving closer to a i would not want to call it success i want to call it as per my expectation but do you think there was some event in your life that made that happen because okay this is the first time i'm ever revealing this ever on online um a lot of my friends and everyone around me knows it but i repeated kg2 so kg2 is a class which no one really thinks you can repeat but lucky enough i was one year early for my age so now i am with my proper age batch but what happened was in kg2 the principal told my parents that ayush's mind is not fully developed yet he can't focus on one thing and etc etc so we suggest that ayush repeats kg2 and that is what happened to me and somewhere when i look back in life i think when i saw that at a very young age uh it i was in obviously i was i was immature at that time so i didn't see it as a failure or as a bad thing and now when i look back at it it's a really good thing and i think that has made me not really fear of failing and trying again i think that i'm not sure if it's exactly that event but i feel that is one event that has played a role in my life i don't think i had any one event or anything like that you know it was a series of failures in my life that just made me i think for me the most important thing was how do i make my family around me proud of me because they never questioned me more you know usually what happens is parents are more paranoid right parents are always um worried complaining scolding um being abusive with kids and stuff but my parents are exact opposite they were always like it's okay no problem i'm sure you will do well and i was feeling very bad i'm like every time i'm feeling i'm you know they are going to be upset and they were upset within themselves they just didn't show it to me so that was probably the only motivation so for your leadership what would be your advice to anyone who is starting at the bottom to who wants to reach the top as you did at such especially for you you've done it at such a short span of time the way you've grown gone up uh, gone up the corporate ladder in such a short span of time it's like it seems impossible to so many of us so what is your question what are the leadership tips is it yes sir okay see you can't wake up in the morning and say that i'm going to be a leader you know uh, to be a leader if i if you think about the people who you admire or who we admire normally who are leaders you know whether it is president obama whether it is mahatma gandhi whether it is nelson mandela 
and for many people today it could be narendra modi for many people it could be jawaharlal nehru for many people it could be rajiv gandhi um you know we often think of first of all the first impression is what attracts us to them right the first impression is the way they look the way they walk the way they talk which is what i call as executive presence so very very important for people to hone their executive presence which is like you know when you see a book cover you want to read it that's what is an executive presence so executive presence is when you are presenting yourself really eloquently very very well dressed you've often seen that right you know in fact my sales team always tells me that sir hum suit boots up pehen ke agar hum building mein jaate hai to security kuch puchta hi nahi it's a very common thing in india you know especially so if you're well dressed and if you walk anywhere nobody says anything to you you can walk into a five star hotel very if you're very well dressed and nobody will ask you any question you can even go and use their swimming pools restrooms aram se i'm telling you in five star hotels you know because they just think you're a guest so they won't be you know they will be nice to you that's the first thing executive presence the second thing is if you're a leader you should have an ability to inspire people not to tell people what to do so through your actions and words and stuff you should be able to convince people to follow you not force them to listen to you so second one would be ability to influence and convince people today you know uh, i mean there are many examples right? why why are politicians considered very good leaders because they can give a bhashan and inspire people you know the famous speeches that we have heard in the world as well i have a dream speech in us many many years ago we've heard so these are all ways of influencing people and that is very important you should be somebody who can convince people and influence people third one is you should be genuinely interested in people like i should have a genuine intent to help ayush have a podcast because i know that it will make his something in his life he will learn something or he may get some benefit out of it so i really should be deep down i should have a heart of helping people otherwise you can't be a leader you can't be a leader who's just about making money money should be an outcome of everything fourth one will be being very down to earth humble and willingness to learn so you should also be keen to learn from others i think these are critical four points i would say i think these are something which i have been trying to embed in my life except the dressing up well part cuz I, i don't know i don't like like you know getting ready and going out anywhere and also the thing with me is if i'm going out i'll just be like jeans t-shirt penliya and let's go out fine that thing i have to work on i think but and that is also plays right you can't dress up on a suit if you're going to a night club you'll probably be dressing up in a jeans and t-shirt and stuff so yeah yeah so i think with my age maybe with age i'm hoping that i will get that right. maturity correct and the spe- this the thing about learning i think uh, like you said learning is very important another point which i wanted to add was i don't know if it falls under this or not which is um, networking which you've spoken about earlier a lot which is uh, building a strong network of connections getting to know them and building relations so how do you think that has impacted you and how how do you build a network firstly you know network i always say that first of all if you want to build network you should have substance you can't have empty vessels making lot of noise so you have to be good at your craft you have to be good at something only then you can you know network and talk to people and when you are and of course then it's important that you go network right when you are talking about networking it's nothing but connecting with people and getting to know them and offering something to them as well today lot of people message me and they say 
um, you know, I, I need a job or I need to network. I'm like, what am I going to get back from this? And there's nothing wrong in thinking like that. You can't just expect that everything should be one way, right? It should be two way. So when networking, you should be able to offer something. And um, it's, it's very important in today's world. You can't just expect that everything will fall on your plate. It is a lot about who you know and how well you know them as well. You can get a lot of opportunities in life. Yeah, I use this. So actually, the reason why I started this podcast was an excuse to get to know people who inspire me. So a lot of times what happens is my friends come to me and say, oh, your subscribers aren't increasing so much. Oh, your followers aren't increasing so much. And I just tell them that it doesn't it does matter to me, but it doesn't matter to me at such a large extent. Because at the end of the day, I'm still getting to meet the people who inspire me. In fact, uh, very recently, sir, uh, a very big businessman, he stays very low-key on the internet. So he doesn't really show up on the internet and all that stuff. He has like, you won't find any videos of him. He keeps his social media handles and all private. And I reached out to him for a podcast. So he said that he didn't want, he he's uh, keeping a low profile on the internet and he didn't want to be on my podcast. So he very kindly uh, rejected the offer. And then I asked him if we could do just a Zoom call and, you know, so I could talk to him in person and learn from him directly, if not a podcast. And he agreed to that. And the reason why I feel that is because I had done already, I've done more than 30 podcasts till date. So I had something to back upon it. So like you said, substance was there, which is why he agreed. I feel that, okay, this person genuinely wants to learn and he agreed for the Zoom call. And then we had a Zoom call. So I think that was really I think that is one the, the reason why I did this, I feel. No, I think these are important things that current generation is learning a lot and using. And uh, I mean, I like the fact that you touched upon the, this followers and stuff. Please don't get into the trap of, you know, counting your followers every day and likes and everything. Because today I am watching that, you know, a lot of content that is going viral is, I don't know how to call it, but I have to call it, you know, crap content. It's junk, complete junk content is going viral because people want to sit back and just get entertained. They don't want to learn. They want to get rich and famous without having any hard work. I get messages from people saying, I want to do a startup. I don't have any ideas. I don't have any knowledge. Please tell me what should I start up? How should I start up? And how can I make it successful? I'm like, my dear friend, you know, but this is where I see a lot of um, the generation now is expecting everything as a fast food and then, you know, they are very paranoid about followers and counts and then they get depressed and then are Ayush is doing podcast. I'm not doing anything, you know, fear of FOMO, um, all these things starts coming. Everybody, you know, to each to their own, let everyone run their own race in the way they think that it's best for them. But so when you put out content, do you look at legacy? Because a lot of this, this content will be there on the internet forever. So do you think of this that of 20, 30, 40 years later, my great grandchildren or my grandchildren will be looking at this content and that's how you put out the content? No, I can't think all that, you know, I put out content that I genuinely want people to learn. I put out content that I feel will help people to become work ready. So the reason why I started putting content is I realized that a lot of students they are not ready for corporate life. They have a lot of gaps in soft skills. So I'm just sharing whatever I'm seeing as a problem in the market. When I interview people, candidates, I see a lot of issues. So I'm just putting that as content. Just a question. This is slightly off track. 
uh, even after being ceo do you still like interview people for jobs like who, which, what level do you interview people at oh you'll be very surprised i am not your stereotypical ceo at all i of course have to interview for my immediate reports but um, I, i'll give you an example last week on friday friday thursday thursday i had lunch with a person i had connected on linkedin this person is a sales person in a, a company i just you know that person just caught my attention because he had received multiple awards from his company for top performance and he was a young talent he was a 26 year old boy and um, i just was curious to know, meet him so i just met him i invited him for lunch maine ghar se khana leke aaya usko uske liye bhi because i mostly home food and we both sat in my office in my table and we had lunch and he was quite shocked he was like why is the ceo of the company having lunch with me and the whole purpose was can i fit him somewhere in the organization so i will be interviewing always i am always interviewing i think yes that is one thing which i have noticed is also you communicate and open up very freely to a lot of people like you told me earlier also you reply to dms of uh, people who people who dm you mostly when you find it's like important even the first time when i dm'd you you replied to me i was actually very surprised because i wasn't expecting an answer to be honest with you i was actually procrastinating i w- i think i sent you the dm in april but i was supposed to send it to you in march but then in my mind it was like ashok so won't reply to me so what's the use of dming him anyways but then i sent it in april anyways no, i always see the minimum respect minimum respect you can give to people is reply um of course i don't like people harassing me you know when i say no they don't take no for an answer and they just um, there it is not even persistent it's almost like bordering on stalking and stuff you know which is irritating because you can't say yes to everyone and you have to i mean i practice it's not like i don't have time i always tell people don't lie you know we all have time for what we want to prioritize and my priority may not be doing many of these things at this point of time i want to make my own you know i have my own things to do as well which i need to give time and priority for so sir i wanted to come to this topic which i've been really excited for i've only spoken to one person on this podcast on this topic and i think you're the next fit for it so about fatherhood how did it change your life completely In what way is, um, I think any amount of change cannot describe the change fatherhood can do to you. It will never. You can never be prepared for a fatherhood. Um, you can't expect anything. What will happen? Because every fatherhood experience is different. It's completely different. Um, I always say that you know, whenever I come back home, that's when I realize I'm just a normal person. And my family makes sure. to make me feel like a normal person not like a ceo um, you know my so i am a i am a monkey in the house i am a horse i am a elephant if it's necessary whatever you know i have to play all the roles to entertain my kids fatherhood brings a lot of accountability i think it it makes you totally selfless when you know that there is a little living creature dependent on you for everything right from washing the potty to changing the nappies you know putting their clothes and they will come and tell you all the uncomfortable things right like oh daddy i farted um you know oh it's itching in my private parts like you know what i mean it is such a vulnerable relationship and such a beautiful relationship i think you give up everything but let me tell you one thing that i started respecting my mother more after i became a parent 
uh, of course my father as well but more the mother because i see how the wives and mothers are more selfless than the fathers i think father would also still leave the kids and go if there is a party but the mothers will not go i'm pretty sure if you go and ask your mom she will say the same to you as well we end up respecting mothers more when you become a parent because you see the kind of sacrifices a mother makes a father never makes i think it's just genetically we are built like that you know like even during um, my fatherhood and stuff if there is an event to go if there is a party to go if i have to catch up with friends i would still do it even when my son was one year old you know six months old but a mother would never do that you know she would not i mean my uh, mothers would can be awake all night fathers will not be awake all night fathers will still sleep i'm talking about general fathers i'm sure there must be some exceptional fathers who can even do that i was not able to do that you know i used to still sleep a little bit uh, early days when you know my kids were not sleeping and all that so but i think it changes it's the most life changing event nothing not even marriage is life changing kids are life changing so but is there something that parents can learn from their kids or is there something that you have learned from your kids yeah we all learn vulnerability honesty we learn um, being agile of course you know every generation kids are very very smart today my kids are so much more smarter than probably you and you're probably so much more smarter than me that is how it is right so you really learn you wonder where do they pick up all these things from right so their agility to pick up things is extremely good and i like the fact that they are very honest they don't lie so we learn from them how to not lie yeah and even like you said the ability for them to learn is faster i was actually reading about this um if people want to learn a language it is much more easier to learn more languages before the age of 18 because once you reach the 17 18 your ability to learn starts going down through the graph if you look at it Correct. versus when you're from the age of 6 to 18 between those 12 years it's the prime time to learn anything new correct absolutely So that's why Indian parents. Sorry, I was just saying that's why Indian parents force kids to learn so many things. You know. Yeah, I was going to ask that only. So, so what do what do you think that all these impacts have? Is it because some people complain a lot, but do you think it has a positive impact when parents really try to teach their kids new things and different things? It's a good question. You know, I mean, even my wife and me we talk about this a lot these days. I think there should be a balance. You can't overdo it. and there is a good reason to force as well i think you know my parents forced me a lot to wake up early and today it's a boon i used to hate them for it at that time but today i'm very very proud of them that they made me wake up early every day so there are certain good behaviors good habits you can force but you don't have to force like for example you don't have to learn piano and swimming and karate and football and music you know what i mean like that is not necessary maybe let them explore a few things and whichever they are liking and good at they continue so what would be your so what would be your advice for someone who is into content creation starting out completely new i think you should not be doing content which is uh, not in your league like for example if you start putting content about how to be happy in life and uh, what are the life lessons and all that you know it sounds very odd because you're not you're not like 50 year old guy or 40 year old guy or 30 year old guy so you should make content relevant to your age group and what would be little bit more than maybe you can talk about like i do podcasts for networking and things like that so 
my advice is choose a topic which is relatable and connectable to you and to the age group um while see end of the day if it depends on why you want to make content if you want to make content to become rich and famous and popular then you should do things that you may not like i will tell you you know the the reel that i posted wearing my gym clothes um especially a stringer you know which is like more of a deeper uh, gym clothes that got the maximum views than the normal clothes that i wear and do so it's like and you know ankur varikur right ankur did a video dance with his sister on raksha bandhan that had more views than any other good content he put out that's a very sorry state of affairs right so um that's why i was saying you know while i want you to advise that put out good content but it really depends you know if you want to make rich and famous thing then you can do dancing you can do lot of you know stupid stuff from my for me but public likes it but um to close the loop i would say do it in your niche do it in an age group um try and practice a lot rehearse a lot put a lot of effort in scripting put a lot of effort in making sure the quality of the video the camera the setting all that is good um it all matters <coughs> and editing you know things like that right so i would say that would be a good start yeah so like you said putting out content in your niche and age likewise i uh, actually my first content which i created was in podcast so do you, so do you know gary v yeah so basically what happened was i randomly started making videos of putting these fluffy fluffy motivational videos and i was doing that actually for one month and then i realized that this doesn't make sense because i haven't done anything to talk about success or fame and all that stuff and i have personally haven't achieved anything so it is really stupid if i'm giving these advices and so what i did was i deleted all those previous videos and that's when i decided to try something new and start doing podcasts before that if i look back now there are a lot of these i find i find it very cringe thankfully i've deleted them before now no it's not on the internet so no one can see it but looking back i feel very stupid about creating those kind of videos you can put content like how do you as a as a student plan your day how do you plan your week how do you uh, learn how how do you treat your parents how do you get them to convince on things you want to do like stuff of your age group right which people don't do but so oh, why do you think, by the way 17 um, right yeah i turned 18 i turned 18 okay. recently so but so why do you think dance videos work so much on instagram the reels no entertainment videos works not just dance anything that is entertaining because it's mindlessly watching right you go and scroll reels i i realize why people like it you know because other day i wantedly went to reels and started scrolling reels and they are entertaining you know they are mindlessly when you you know sit on a bed and you mindlessly scroll reels they are very interesting you actually get a lot of fun so it's not knowledge and sometimes you don't want knowledge you know you want just to watch what like why do you watch a movie you don't watch a movie for knowledge you watch a movie for entertainment i think a lot of entertainment is what people like that's why they're all that's why tiktok was so famous right it was entertaining but so what do you think is you like it or not yes sir you can okay, continue sir whether we like it or not till today porn has the maximum viewership because it's entertaining it is nowhere good for you but people still watch porn so what do you say right that's a fact of life 
But sir, what do you think will be the next thing? First, initially there were like these two people wanted to laugh. They used to watch these two uh, movies. Then they started watching these videos of uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes on YouTube. Now it's come down to these uh, reels less than one minute. So what do you think will be the next big? No, before that, there was a phase of stand-up comedy. Now it's these reels of short 30 to one minute. So what do you think will be the next thing, sir? I don't, I'm not sure. I honestly feel it may go back to the old again, you know, cycle will go back. Long content will probably start eventually coming out, but I think the short will run for a few years. Abhi, I don't think it is even time for it to go off. So do you think it has still a lot of gas left for it to explode? Yes. I think so, even now people are talking about, uh, you know, reels and stuff. Though whether Instagram will survive, that is a different question. Maybe something else will come. You know, now Clubhouse is coming. There's so many other coming. Avalon scenes. There's so many new ones coming. So, Patani, maybe ek do saal ke baad, like Facebook is now outdated. Do you use Facebook? I mean, I use Facebook, but I find it very boring. I am not even on Facebook. So the, the, actually, yeah. I am on Facebook, but there are these games which I play on my phone, which I used to play. So, to save your data, you had to create a Facebook account. So, that is the only reason yeah. why I had it back then. So that is what is happening. You know, Facebook is almost gone, um, gone, right? So, Instagram is there. Instagram also will probably ex- you know, go in about a year or two, and something else will come. I think yeah, more I think- of reality will start happening, you know, IR, more of uh, reality, you know, stuff will start coming. You can 3D, all those things will start coming. Yeah, I, I think it's already exploding a lot. Uh, in fact, if you look at all these NFTs part and also if you read about it, uh, people are creating these virtual worlds just to showcase their NFTs. So I don't even know how I, I was actually reading about this. There was this person who bought this painting for uh, an NFT for $70 million or something. And he's going to, he created a world in Minecraft and he's going to like be placing it over there for people to see. So I, I wanted to ask you this, since we've come to this topic, what do you think about NFTs, Patsa? I don't know anything. Huh? I was going to ask you, I mean, I've been reading about it, Matlab, not about it. Sorry. I've been reading off it when I scroll, like I, you know, Pratik, uh, digital Pratik, I follow him. He's big into NFT. Now Raj Shamani is big into NFT. I don't understand NFT yet. Abhi crypto to abhi I'm getting to know crypto. And by the time I know crypto, there's already a new one. So I'm done. You know, I'm like, mujhe chodo, mujhe nahi hai abhi. I, I have to figure out what is NFT. In fact, I was thinking when I, when you said NFT, I should call Pratik and ask him to explain to me a little bit more on this. Yeah. So I'll just give you like a brief idea, sir. NFTs are like digital assets. So let's say you have some painting or some music or anything. So what happens is, uh, when you normally when you buy a painting, you will keep it in your house, and everyone knows that oh, uh, Ashok so owns this beautiful painting of a horse by M. F. Hussain and all that stuff. So everyone knows you own it. Now in a digital asset, what will happen is normally what people say they can take a screenshot and save it and all. But when you look at the painting to the world, it will be written over there that this is owned by Ashok sir. So that way, your sh- uh, people can take a screenshot and see it and all of that. But over there, it'll still show that it is owned by you. So everyone will know you own it. And I used to actually, even two months back, I used to find it very stupid that why would people want to do that? But I don't know why it's picking up a lot of trends suddenly. Yeah, I know. I still don't get it. I'm not convinced to buy NFT yet. As I said, you know, I'm not going to invest in crypto yet. So maybe that's a good start to do. I don't, sir, but do you think crypto will take off? I'm not going to talk about it because okay. I don't have knowledge on it. 
I don't want to influence, you know, I don't want people to say, okay, Ashok sir said crypto will grow, so let's go and buy crypto. Financial advice, even if you look at the financial videos, you know, I've only given general knowledge, so I don't want to comment. Okay, so la uh, last question coming to this, who are people that inspire you and what have you learned from them? The first inspiration was Jack Welch, who was the CEO of General Electric. He was the one who inspired me to take up leadership. You know, I started reading Jack Welch's books. I got so inspired by leadership and all that. Um, then it was my first managing director and mentor, Fernando Xavier, who really groomed me and made me today what I am. People oriented, humble, down to earth, all those things. So I learned a lot from him on how to engage with people, how to be connected with the downlines, how to respect anyone, whether they are a CEO or a normal employee. Apart from that, a lot of other mentors, uh, I get inspired by everyone around me, you know, like today I'm inspired by you. I feel array, you know, how smart is this young guy? He's making podcasts and stuff. I think we need to always look around us. Everybody, everybody around us is an inspiring person and we should be inspired by everything that we see around us. So you spoke about mentors. I said it was the last question, but I wanted to add another question. How can one ask people to be a mentor? Like, how can I approach someone and say, ask them, could you be my mentor? And what exactly is a mentor-mentee relation? On this first question, you have to wait for my YouTube video. I'm making a video on this topic. It's the most asked question to me. But what is a mentor-mentee relationship? Also, in fact, I don't know if you saw that reel. You know, I posted a reel on this last week. I have a relationship with my mentor like a father. A mentor-mentee should be like a selfless father-son relationship. But you know, I get a lot of requests for mentoring. And I I have tell I told people that you know, I don't want to do free mentoring anymore because nobody values anything free. So I'm like, if there is anything commercially you can do for me, I will mentor. And it is not for me to make money. It is only for you to be serious about it. And some people take offense to it, but I'm like, too bad. You know, you can't expect free because nobody values anything free. So mentor-mentor relationship should be a very open, transparent relationship. It should not be about getting a job. You should not take me as a mentor so that you can get a job in my company. It should be about really helping you to show a mirror to you. A mentor should tell you what you don't like to hear. And that will develop you always. Thank you. So I don't have exactly mentors as such. I, according to the definition of what you defined it, but there are some people whom I've had, uh, whom I had guests as on my podcast and I stay in touch with them. And sometimes uh, once I had this crazy um, startup idea, which was a fintech idea, I'll share it with you after the podcast, actually, sir, if you don't mind. And what happened was I reached out to these people and they gave me the advice, what was wrong in the plan, what was correct in the plan and all that stuff. And then, um, so I keep on staying in touch with them. And sometimes when I have any thoughts or anything, they give me the advice. So I don't know if it's exactly a mentor, mentee, relation, but they give me advice whenever start. I need it. That's a good start, you know, and you can work on that and develop it. And maybe over the years, it becomes like a father-son relationship. Yes. So what would be your last advice to anyone who is listening or watching this podcast? My, I don't want to call it last advice, but one advice I want to tell everyone is to really get this whole habit of I only keep need to keep winning. You know, everybody is so paranoid about everything should go the way they want. They need to understand that life, you will have ups and downs and just chill. You know, you're not going to die. You're still alive and you can conquer anything you want. So stop worrying and stressing out. Just always be happy and chirpy person. That's what I would say.
Thank you so much, sir, for being a part. This was really amazing having you, sir. Thank you, Ayush.